Hey everyone, welcome back to Collectively Confused. So it's been a while since we recorded an episode together. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my fault. I had a surgery, so been out of action for a couple of weeks, but we're back now. So as you guys are aware, we are talking about mental health today. So we did some polls yesterday um, asking you guys a few questions. So we'll go through all of that and our personal experiences with this as well. We just need to say um, before this episode that we are obviously not professionals, um, so we would never give out any medical advice or anything like that. We are just having an open discussion and we are going to be talking about our own personal experiences and what's worked for us. We just want to, like we said in one of our posts, we just want to have an open conversation with everyone and let everyone know that it's okay to talk about these kinds of things. And Lily and I hope that by sharing our stories that someone else might then feel that they can share with other people around them or even, you know, get help for anything that that they're going through. So that's probably our biggest goal for today is to just share with everyone and, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of our friends messaged in and she said, although there's still obviously work to do, there's already been such a huge improvement of everyone talking about mental health and the stigma around it. Around it. So I think everyone's starting to be a lot more open about it. So yeah, definitely. Hopefully this can help at least one person who's listening. Yeah, definitely. So before we get stuck in, I've got a couple of little statistics that are quite shocking. When I found them, I was like, whoa. So one in five Australians aged between 16 and 85, that's a pretty big Mm. age age group, can experience mental illness in any year. One in five. That's insane. That's like one of us in like our friendship group. Yeah. That would, yeah. Um, And another one, sorry, 54% of people with a mental illness then don't seek help. 54%. That's more than half. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's understandable. I can see that, but it's also like if you're really suffering, you, I mean, you must think like what what's going on in someone's life mm. if they feel like they can't seek help. Yeah. Well, we did ask that on the poll, so we'll go through the listeners' responses as well yeah. and go into depth a bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. So we were asking some questions yesterday. We'll just go through them and um, discuss each one and then jump in when we need to and talk about our own personal experiences with those as well. So question number one was pretty straightforward. Have you ever suffered from anxiety? So 88% said yes and 12% said no. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I thought, no, oh, that's, I guess that's pretty standard. And I think we were talking about this earlier. It's not necessarily like the straightforward anxiety for everyone you know you can there's all different types of anxieties and reasons as to why you may be even feeling anxious or nervous so yeah. I feel like that question's kind of broad in some yeah. ways but I mean I'm really glad that people were honest yeah well I'm I was actually surprised that that many people said no because I felt like it's very common even though there's you know different levels of anxiety and mm-hmm. anxious thinking I think people who just haven't experienced it, I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) it's lucky. Yeah. No, but that's good. I think we got a lot of people responding, so it was really good. If yes, this is question two, if yes, have you ever sought out professional help? And 52% said yes and 48% said no. So it's almost kind of 50-50. Yeah, yeah, pretty much mirrors that. Yeah, falls in with the statistic of 54% of people not seeking help, so... Mm. Yes. Mm, well, that, that could mean sense. a lot of things. 
Um, should we wait till we go through the next question and yeah. that one as well? Yeah. Okay, so question three, have you ever suffered from depression? 61% said yes and 39% said no. And I think that kind of falls under anxiety as well. There are all different ways you can feel depressed, all different kinds of reasons. It's not necessarily mm. just a straight depression, you know, like clinical depression. It could be anything. Because yeah. we, we don't know what someone who's voted could either have had full-on depression or someone, you know, you know what I mean? Like the criteria for it. Yeah, yeah. it's so different. So we don't know what each person has thought, their thought process when voting. So yeah. If yes, have you ever sought out professional help? 48% said yes and 52% said no. Yeah, so it's the same, almost split evenly. Yeah. That question's really interesting because there's all types of reasons why someone wouldn't go get help. Um, I know when I was going through a lot of anxiety, I was, I don't think I was embarrassed, but I just, I kept thinking I didn't need to go see a psychologist. And I'll go into that later when we talk about our own experiences. But I think that's one of the reasons you almost feel embarrassed to go or you just you're in denial a little bit that you don't need anyone else's help or maybe you can't afford to go see a professional all different types of things it's definitely the stigma around it as well yeah if you think you need help then you might then think that other people think you're crazy yeah you think getting help I'm not that bad I don't need anything but it's you can go at any time yeah and it's silly it's like if you're sick you're going to go to the doctor to get help yeah you know what I mean so I can't encourage people enough, you know, if you feel really like you need help, then go for it. Yeah. So question five was, has your depression or anxiety ever stopped you from attending social events? Mm, That's a big one for me. Yes. I've definitely done that in the past Mm. or it's happened to me at least. What was the percentage? Oh, sorry. I didn't. So that was 81% said yes and 19% said no. So that's very... Very telling because yeah. it seems that a lot of people who have anxiety or depression, it does stop you from doing a lot of things. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that's when it becomes – we had someone message in just saying, you know, talking about knowing the difference between, you know, having just anxious thoughts or having bad days compared to having a problem. And we can't, you know, say what level of anxiety or depression is – more important and everyone is so different but I think if your anxiety or depression is stopping you from doing everyday things like Mm. going to work or going to events or you know socializing with people I think that's when it does start to become more of an issue and you probably do need to find outside help to get through it yeah definitely because like you can be anxious or nervous about so many different things yeah going for an exam or going to the doctors or Meeting new people, like, mm. you know, there are some slightly lesser anxiety-provoking things that you can experience. And yep. then there's obviously the whole full-blown side of it where, like you said, you're not able to do your day-to-day things. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's interesting. So that's the first half of the question. So I guess now we'll go into our personal experiences with mental health. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So... Lily and I were talking about this before we started recording, but we've been thinking about, well, I've been trying to think, trace back to when it all kind of started. Um, So I think it was when I came back from being overseas, which was 2015, and I had just started a new job at a call centre 
And this call centre was not a very nice place to work. I think a lot of us have worked there. (laughs) And I think it was just all this change that was happening. Like I'd just come back home from living overseas. I was starting a new job. Um, And, yeah, I still can't really pinpoint the exact exact reason as to why it all happened. I think it was just chain reaction. Um, I remember going into work one morning and I had a panic attack. I freaked out. I was in the bathroom and I ended up leaving that day and it kind of went on for a few days after that. I was having not so much panic attacks but anxiety attacks where I I wasn't able to go to work. I was freaking out too much. I was crying for what I thought was no reason at all and I couldn't figure out why. And at the time, I think my mum was away, so it was just my dad at home and my poor dad didn't really know what to do. And I was just inconsolable. Um, And I think, just some background information though, I've always kind of been a nervous person like throughout my whole life. Um, So I think a lot of my friends would know that. But so continuing on from then, so 2015, I think throughout those couple of years or even just into 2016 I didn't really think much of it I hadn't really known much about anxiety uh, at that point in my life I hadn't really learned anything about it or I don't think any of us really talked about Mm. it either um I think it came to oh 2017 I think I probably should have written this all down I think, yeah, it was the, no, the end of 2016, sorry. Um, I started getting really bad breakouts for whatever reason. So that was already taking a toll on my self-esteem and it was really bad. And I'd also met someone who turned out to be really horrible. So I was going through a really bad relationship and I was just feeling really, really low And just not – and also at the time I didn't really think that there was anything to it. I just thought, oh, you know, you're just going through a really shit time and that's all it is. And at the time I was talking to a really good friend about it and I think I kind of didn't really want to recognise what it could potentially be. And um, she had also had some mental health issues as well that she was really open with me about. And I think that was kind of the turning point where I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is a bit more serious than I thought. This has been ongoing for, I think it was about six months where it was getting really, really bad um, and I wasn't able to do, I can't think specifically, but I just remember having trouble with a lot of things. Like I was unemployed at the time and I really didn't want to get a job. I couldn't picture myself doing anything with my life. Like I wasn't back at uni at that stage. I'd just come out of a really bad relationship my skin was really horrible and I just didn't, I just didn't want to leave the house. Um, and so I think talking to her about it a lot really helped. And then it got to the point where I thought, nah, stuff this, I really need to do something about it. And I ended up going to my GP and talking to her about it. And she said, right, no worries. We'll put you on a, I think it's called a mental health care plan or something with Medicare. And you get, 10 sessions in a calendar year um, subsidised by Medicare. So you pay a certain amount and then you get some back. And 
that's when it all kind of started for me. I Like, I decided that I wanted to see a psychologist and talk to someone about it because even though I had confided in a few of my friends, it just wasn't – it wasn't that it wasn't enough, but I still felt like venting everything wasn't fixing it. And yeah. I it was so deep in my mind that I knew that there wasn't any other way – around it mm. so I ended up um seeing a psychologist and it was really really hard in the beginning uh I don't think any of my other friends or anyone that I had known except for this one friend in particular had seen a psychologist so I didn't really know what to expect um and that was also very anxiety provoking as well but that really helped me get through what was probably the worst year of my life, I think, 2017, was really, really hard. A lot of really bad things happened in that year. Um, and, yeah, so for me, I found that seeing a psychologist really, really helped. I still see her to this day, and I've come quite a long way, thankfully. It's been really – it's just been really helpful for me. And, I mean, I still carry my anxiety with me on a day-to-day basis. There are still so many things that make me freak out. And I think that's one thing I'm probably going to have with me for maybe the rest of my life. But I think what I've learned is it's not going to control me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Which is one really important point that I've always carried with me. Um, But in the beginning, when I first started seeing her and when I heard her tell me, Oh, no, sorry, I think this was after, like, six months. You have, like, a checkup with them before you then go back to the GP to get another, another 10 sessions. She was like, well, when you started, you had chronic anxiety and mild depression. And I was like, what? Like, I'd never heard someone actually say it in, like, a sentence like that. Yeah. I'd never been, not labelled, but, you know, like, I never really thought that it was, oh, I have this and I have this. It yeah. was just I was feeling so horrible and so lonely and freaking out all the time that I didn't think that it was that it was that so yeah 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 so it was really it was really hard in the beginning but I've managed to come this far and it's like what been nearly two years now since I started seeing her so yeah but it's still I still have my days where it's like I can't go and see these people or I can't go to a job interview or I just can't go to the shops because I just it just takes a hold over me and that's fine. But I then know and then I, I then tell myself that tomorrow's gonna be different. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna be like this tomorrow, I'm not gonna let it have this control and power over me. So and I think one thing that's definitely helped me is writing in a journal. And I know a lot of people think that's really silly, like like what are you, like twelve years old writing in a diary? But it's more of like a self-reflection thing. I like to kind of vent to myself about my worries and things that I've been stressing about and things that really get to me. And I found that it really helps. Unfortunately, exercise isn't one thing that's helped (laughs) with that. I'm not one of those people who can just like run off their problems, but journaling has definitely helped me Um, I've tried a few like mindfulness activities as well, like with meditation um, and also talking to friends. Now that mental health is talked about so much more, I feel like we're a lot more comfortable 
not necessarily discussing all of our issues, but just being able to talk freely with our friends has definitely helped me. It's not as Uh, scary now. Yeah. And in the beginning, when I first started seeing my psychologist, I had only told my parents and maybe a couple of friends because I was kind of ashamed to and scared to tell people because I didn't know what they were going to think of me yeah. from seeing a psychologist. But now I'm I'm fine with talking about it, obviously. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing because then maybe if if someone else is going through the same thing, then they might think, oh, okay, it's 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 good for me. Then 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 I can go and see a psychologist as well. You know, like don't don't feel like because of what other people think that it's holding you back. If you feel like you need to get professional help, then there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing at all. That's why they're there. That's why they have their qualifications because they're there to help people. And, yeah, so I think that's my story. I think I probably missed out so much stuff, but I can't really No, that was so think, good. think much more in depth. But I think really. the fact that you did go and get the help you need and you found something that has really worked for you mm. is amazing. Yeah. So I have quite, like, an overactive brain. I'm constantly thinking and it's really hard for me to switch it off since I was little But for me specifically, um, with anxiety, I remember the first time I had like a really big feeling of anxiety was I think I was four or five and it's something really specific. I was sitting at the dinner table with mum and dad and everyone and it was the first time I'd ever heard anyone really talk about dying. I don't know who said it. It was mum or dad. They just said like, you know, everyone makes a comment about people dying and it was like the first time in my brain that it clicked that we all die Mm. and I was just sitting there and like it was like a movie like everyone was talking around me and I remember it so vividly and my whole body just tensed up and I just started crying at the table and I was like five and I I don't really remember after that I think someone asked me oh Lizzie what's wrong and I just said oh I don't I don't want to die and then since then um I started having like what I think now were anxiety attacks when I was by myself. So it started when I was five and I would have one. It was different every year. You know, I could have them twice in one day. I could have them once every six months. I could have them once in a year. And it was mainly when I was by myself. So I was having a shower or I was about to go to bed. It wasn't as bad when I was younger. I would just think about it every now and then. And my way of dealing with it was like, running up the hall really fast because <laughs> I remember once I did it I was in the shower I was just about to get in and I it just like this bomb into my head about dying and it's like this big reality that comes over me and it's not really I everyone thinks about death but I was just thinking about it way too much in depth where to the point I was making myself like almost sick with anxiety since I was little and it wasn't too much of an issue I never told anyone about it um you know, I would have these little mini panic attacks and just cry and run around and get really upset at the thought of dying. And it it sounds so odd even saying it out loud now. And I didn't tell anyone until I was 20. So I was having these big anxiety attacks, like for what, 15 years until I told anyone. And it got to the point where I think when I was sharing a room, I was fine. I was sharing a room up until I was 12 but after that, when I was alone with what I was thinking, I'd be scared to go to sleep without having, you know, a movie playing or listening to something because I was so scared about where my brain would go because I knew I would think about it and it would just hit me in random times. So up until I was 
20, I kind of had control of it. Not really. Like it was going in and out and it was just something that I'd kind of dealt with alone. Like I was really good at switching it off when I needed to. I'd think about it and I'd be so upset and then I would walk out to my family and they didn't really know. Like they knew I didn't like talking about death because if anyone ever brought it up, like even even now when people talk about making wills and I'm in a family of lawyers, I can't talk about it and I like leave the room. Um, so they kind of knew I didn't like talking about it, but I don't think they knew the extent of how anxious I was about it and how upset I was. And I knew it was an issue because no one else was doing it. And that's another reason why I never told anyone because it's not really normal to be thinking that in depth about death. I don't think, you know, not from what I think, not everyone thinks that way. So I felt like I was just by myself with it. So I just didn't tell anyone. And it wasn't till, until I was 20 and I think it all just built up and I had other things that were making me really anxious. I was in a relationship and it, I guess at that point it wasn't great. So I was probably feeling anxious about that. I had just started um, a make, the makeup course I was doing. I was driving to Brisbane three days a week, up and back. Um, so I was doing quite a bit. I was working and I think I just had all these things going on and it all just kind of like this 15 years of anxiety all just burst over. Um, I was driving to my boyfriend at the time's house and it was only a five minute drive. And I just, I remember vividly going around this roundabout and I just like a big bomb just went off in my head and I just thought about it. And my, it's really weird. I think about it and it's like this big reality just washes over me and I just tense up. And then I just, the only thing I can do is cry because I like get so wired and anxious about it. And oh, I missed out on a thing. Um, when I was 10, I remember it got a little bit worse. Sorry, I'm backtracking. But when I was 10, my grandma lived with me and she had um, cervical cancer. And she came back from the hospital one day. She was getting her abdomen drained because she was getting fluid. She was like terminal at this point. And I remember we were sitting in the car and she'd just come back from the hospital. It was me, mum and granny were in the car. And granny just started crying and like put her head in her hand saying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. It's like so crazy. But um, that was another thing that added on to my anxiety. I had this new, like seeing how anxious she was about dying. I like added on this whole new level to how anxious I felt about it thinking, Oh my God, that that's how I'm going to feel one day. So I just had this whole level like added onto it. Sorry. So skip forward back. Sorry. I was driving and hadn't affected me too much at this point. And it all just like hit me so hard when I was driving and it all just exploded out of me. And then I was driving a couple more minutes and I just kind of sucked it back up. And then I was going to sleep that night and I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And I just started bawling my eyes out. And I told my boyfriend at the time what I was upset about. I just said, I've had anxiety since I was little, you know, about dying. And I, I don't know, I just felt really silly. I don't think he ever really understood it. Um, but um, long story short, this carried on for, I was crying for like three days straight. After I kind of exploded to him that night, I was just crying for three days straight. Like I was going to his, I was going to makeup school and getting upset. And, and then that carried on until Christmas and it got really bad. Like on Christmas day, I was like in my room really upset. So I, this carried on for a couple of weeks on and off, like, but no one knew about it, but my boyfriend. So I would go to his house and I would just be crying and he didn't understand it. He was just like, are you depressed? Like, why are you so upset? And I was like, no, I'm not depressed. It's the opposite. It's that like, I'm, I love my life so much that I'm so upset by it. Like I couldn't really explain that to him. 
Um, and it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to do something about this because I was crying on Christmas day. I was upset all the time. And it got to the point where I was sitting at the dinner table one night in a really bad headspace. No one knew I was anxious. I was just sitting there like (laughs) I looked fine, but in my head, I was just like spiraling. And I looked around the dinner table, everyone in my family. And I just thought, oh my God, wow, everyone's going to die one day. That's how bad it got. Like I was just, I was like, okay, this is an issue now. Like it's really affecting my life. I'm upset all the time. It stopped me from, I was late to like my makeup school at the time. I couldn't even go in the shower without like my boyfriend time talking to me while I was in the shower. I had to listen to things when I was sleeping. It just got really out of hand for me in my life. And I'm, I don't really, I hated feeling like that. So I went to a psychologist probably the next day. I just found one and booked into the only one I could find. And I went once and it was really good in the sense that I kind of just unloaded everything because I still felt a bit embarrassed to tell anyone. I hadn't told my family yet. Um, and yeah, I was still pretty embarrassed. So I went to the psychologist, just unloaded everything in an hour. And I kind of realized when I finished that they couldn't really do anything to help me. Um, that's not discounting psychologists at all, but I think because the reason why I'm anxious, I can't change. And it was kind of just a session where I was getting everything off my chest. I didn't at the time get any tools to help how I was feeling because it was a bit hard because like, how do you, you can't really fix that. It's something that's inevitable. So it's kind of just something I had to learn to accept and deal with. Um, And then I told my mum the next day, I just, I walked over to the barn and I was just bawling my eyes out. And I was like, mum, I'm so anxious and told her about it. And so, yeah, I kind of, I felt a lot better because I had, gotten everything off my chest I'd finally told someone I just had years and years of going through this by myself and the psychologist really did help as well getting all of that out and then from there I still I felt better but I wasn't I didn't feel like I'd really moved past it it wasn't until I think a month later I went to an energy healer and we'll talk about that as well later about different ways to deal with anxiety and how everyone's so different and I found the energy healer I went to her and she did like kinesiology and um, energy blockages and really releasing all of that and a few other things and because I really believe in like the spiritual side of things um, I found since I went to her I haven't had any like type of anxiety attacks so I went to her and I found that was super helpful for me since seeing her I haven't had any major anxiety where I'm, you know, at the point where I can't control it. And I just got to the point where I said to myself, okay, well, you can't like change this. So you either have to, you feel anxious now, but you're going to be fine. So you either feel fine now or go through this and make yourself feel upset when you're going, you know, you're going to get through it. So now I've kind of found things that help me and journaling as well is a huge thing. Mm. And I find when I'm looking after myself, not just like eating well and exercising and really just taking care of myself and really doing things deliberately. I find that helps if I ever feel a little bit anxious, but my main issue of getting really anxious about death is really, I don't have too many issues with it anymore. It creeps into my head, but yeah. So it's a bit of an odd one. I always feel weird talking about it because I don't think, I haven't really met other people that feel like that too often. Like, yeah. I know what you mean, though. I think I've definitely had some same, similar, sorry, similar kind of experience where 
I've thought too much about death mm. and I've just completely freaked myself out. But I know what you mean. But it's like you said before, everyone's anxieties are so different. Everyone yeah. feels anxious for all kinds of reasons and no one's anxiety is better than others or worse than others. You know, you can't you can't label it. Everyone's um, is relative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had question six. Do you feel as though you can be open with the people around you about your mental health? Mm. When I when I went on my Instagram account and then voted personally, I went to hit yes and then I thought, oh, wait. In the beginning, when I started this whole journey of sorting myself out, my I would have said no. Yeah. I was not able to talk to anyone about it really. Like I said earlier, I only really spoke to my psychologist about it and a couple of other friends. Like I didn't really talk openly about it with my family. Mm. So, but whereas now I'm in a much better place where I'm able to talk about it. And I also want to talk about it because I want other people to feel okay about talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot more, um, it's a lot easier to talk now with each other. I think especially everyone's, it's not even being older. I think we're all just we're just more aware. More aware, yeah. Yeah. Since school for sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. Mm. And school, you wouldn't even dream of talking about something like oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it would have been too embarrassed. Definitely not. Oh, sorry, I didn't even say the percentage. 65% said yes, that they do feel comfortable, and 35% said no. Okay. Well, it's good to see that more people feel comfortable about talking about it. Yeah. I think if we went back like 10 years, it mm. would be big no. Even if you've got one person that you can talk to, that's really, really good. Yeah. And it's always good. If, yeah, even if there's one person you feel comfortable with and no one else, that's still such a huge step in definitely. Yeah. finding tools to help yourself. Question seven. Do you feel like you've learned much about mental health in school? I thought this was a big one. I was really interested to see how people would respond to this one because I'm kind of angry about it. Mm. I'm annoyed that we didn't learn much about it in school. No. I honestly don't remember. I think I remember learning about depression, but yeah, and that was in PE. Nothing stands out. No, I not think at all. they've got a certain amount that they're required to teach us, mm. but I feel like maybe it needs to go a bit deeper than that. Yeah, we definitely got you know basic knowledge, but to us it felt like. Well, I feel like for me personally, when I was learning about, you know, anxiety and depression and all that, I felt like it was so far away from me. Yeah. Even though I had felt anxious, I mm. still didn't really understand it. Like I felt like things like ment- really like mental health was so far away. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we didn't, um, not, 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 that, not that I can remember, but I, I don't think there probably was a school counsellor. I but I couldn't even tell you who I remember it was or if we were able to access that. No. I don't remember any of that. Whereas fast forward to now and I remember a friend telling me who works at a school and it's like mental health is the biggest priority. Like Mm. kids are able to have like time to themselves if they need to. There's school psychologists or social workers always on site. You know, it's like a huge thing. They learn all about it. And I didn't really learn anything about it until I went to uni. No. I'm studying social work, so that's obviously a big part of it. So I learned a lot about it then, and I was like, what? We definitely didn't learn tools to help us, you know, of being, like, say, mindful and doing mm. things like that we know now that can help, like, you know, meditation and really you – know, that doesn't work for everyone, but being really mindful of 
your thoughts and how yeah. you're feeling and I don't think that's taught enough. We actually have a friend of ours who is really, really passionate about that, so mm. we'd love to get her on yeah. one day and we can go way more into that as yeah. well. Um, 5% said yes, that they did feel like they learnt much about well, sorry, that's, I didn't word that right. So do you feel like you learned much about mental health in school? 5% said yes and 95% said no. Mm. So that's very... So I wonder if that 5% of people are maybe younger followers mm. because I'm not, like I said before, I know in school, in primary school and high schools that it's a huge, it's a huge thing. It's always yeah. talked about it's, you know, so... That could even be... Um, I'm not saying the people who voted that they did learn enough um, haven't felt a certain level of anxiety or depression, but that could be maybe someone who hasn't been through as much. Maybe those tools were enough for them to be aware of how they're feeling and what they're thinking. Um, That's just a thought I just had. Um, That's true. So, yeah, maybe that could be a part of it. Question eight, do you feel there is a stigma around mental health stopping people from seeking help? Yeah, I think we've already. Definitely. There's a high percentage of people that said yes for that one. 73% said yes and 27% said no. Yeah. I think that's positive both ways because the people that said no, obviously they feel like they can be really open and the people around them can be really open about it. So I think we'd probably like to see that number go up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we, yeah, we, as we said earlier, we did have someone message in saying that they think, although we've still got some progress to make, like always with everything, they definitely, I think so as well in the last few years, there's been a massive, massive change. Like so many celebrities even opening up about their mental health. Cause I think celebrities used to be on this pedestal that their lives were so perfect, mm. but now people are starting to really open up more and even, you know, social media everyone looks so perfect, but now more and more influencers are starting to really talk about what they're really going through. And I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah. And it should happen more often. Yeah. And there's so many more like foundations now that are Mm. open to fundraising for more things with mental health and, you know, suicide and all that kind of stuff, which is really great. I think social media, although some could say that it's detrimental to mental health, I think in a way social media has helped us because we didn't have that connection to each other before and now we've got you know are you okay day it just explodes around social media and it does get you talking and get you thinking so I think although social media can be negative at times I think it's can be made into a huge positive definitely we all use it right yeah um question nine do you know anyone who has or is suffered or suffering from anxiety and or depression. 97% said yes and 3% said no. Oh, 97%. Yeah. I didn't see that. Wow. That's interesting for people who said no because it used to be at 100%. Well, I guess maybe that's um, they don't have anyone close to them who has suffered, which, which is good. Yeah, it could be a whole number of reasons. Maybe they don't personally know what an anxious person looks like or Mm -hmm. someone who's depressed. It could be all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. But in saying that, like you said, with social media, I found that, yeah, a lot of people are a lot more open about their mental health, but it seems as though you know like 10 or 20 people that have anxiety now. Yeah. It's, you know, and I feel like that's a negative and a positive, and I think we'll go in – to more depth about that maybe when we discuss um, social media in one of our yeah. future episodes, yeah. 
So this is our final question. If you picked no for the two questions about seeking professional help, did you create and find alternate ways to cope and found that it helped? So 69% said yes and 31% said no. So I think that's pretty sounds right Mm. to what you normally hear because I think, like I said, I went to a psychologist once and it wasn't really for me. It did help going. I really got to unload everything to someone that I didn't know and it really, it helped set me up to start talking to people that I was close with because I was so scared to Um, and that led me to finding things that helped me. Like I've gotten really into like essential oils and doing cards and that might not be for everyone, obviously, um, but I find like doing my oracle cards and tarot cards, essential oils, you know, waking up early, going to the beach, trying to get my journal, meditating, that is what works for me. Um, and I had to really, you know, trial and error and find things that worked for me. So it's all about just finding what works for you personally and sticking to that and knowing when you need it. Yeah, exactly. I think it definitely comes down to the fact if you're not so much distracting yourself from your anxiety or depression, but you're kind of working with it. Mm. If you can find a way that's going to help you at the end of the day, then I think that's all. It doesn't, no matter what it is, I think that's 100% a positive step. Yeah. But, but yeah, there are loads of different ways that are out there. Like, like you said, meditating, I've tried meditation and I just, I still can't quite get it. It can be really hard. I can't do it every day. Same same (laughs) with mindfulness activities, um, which can be as simple as having a shower and purposefully drifting off with your thoughts and then bringing yourself back to centre mm. and, you know, really thinking thoroughly about scrubbing your arms yeah. and washing your face <laughs> and things like that. I've tried to do that a few times and that's also quite challenging. But then at the same time, that's the point of it. You know, you're stimulating your brain, you're mm. trying to get away from it, then bring yourself back to centre. Um, journaling, like we said, is one that's really helped us. Music um, can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, exercise and just talking with your friends as well, I think, yeah. is a big one. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, doing anything that you love doing that makes you happy and makes you really productive. And I think those types of things really help you get out of those mindsets that you can get into. Mm. Sometimes they can be really, really hard to get out of. And it's not that simple of, you know, going to the beach or listening to a song. Sometimes you really do need to work hard at bringing yourself out of it and that's fine as well because there's no right or wrong way to get through it and there's no level of you know anxiety or depression or anything like that that is worse worse than the other I need to cut that out (laughs) I can't word it Um, properly I'll get slammed but I think at the end of the day talking about it whether it's with a stranger online or if it's with your closest friend I think that's the first step to really helping yourself and looking in a positive in a positive way yeah I think it it really helps and I know for some people it can be really hard to to just open up but Mm. you'll be thankful for it once you do even if it's just like a a simple sentence you know yeah um but I think there are also loads of other barriers as to why some people don't want to talk about it or can't seek help. I like I know personally that the psychologist can be quite expensive mm. and I'm lucky with Medicare that I can get some of that money back. But, yeah. I, you know, it can be an expensive thing. 
Um, I guess alternatives are you can download free apps yeah. that you can use. I think just really researching ways that you can afford it and it's really easy for you to access. I think that's becoming a lot easier as well. Definitely, yeah, yeah. There are loads of loads of different avenues around and mm. there are lots of like good community things as well like yeah. community yoga and um running groups yeah and things like that <laughs> okay definitely <laughs> look into if you feel like you have no one to talk to there's a lot of resources online there's there's always someone who's willing to talk to you if it's not someone that close to you then you know, reach out and you can call like Lifeline. and Yeah, there's so many different mm. supports out there. Um, yeah, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Headspace. There's one – is that just in Southport or is that like a big yeah, nationwide thing? Yeah, it's in Southport thing? maybe, but I think it's nationwide. Yeah, and also your um, your GP as well. Is, Do you know what else? What? So I – because I felt like I was the only one who had this, you know, huge anxiety about dying, I Googled it. And Rita Ora has a phobia of dying as oh, well. Really? I, I don't want to say, you know, I never wanted to say I have a phobia, you know, I have a phobia of it. Yeah. Because um, I never wanted to like label it in a way. I just, mm. I always just thought of it as something I was really anxious about. And yeah, I looked it up and Rita Ora had it as well. And I remember after I saw that, it was, I was in a really, really bad headspace when I saw that because I was just so desperate to find someone else who felt like this as well. And I went onto her Instagram and I remember just looking at it going, how is she so happy right now? Like, doesn't she feel anxious? Like, what is she doing? And then I looked into it more and she was in an interview and just saying that, you know, she did still have bad days where she really thought about it, but she had tried to overcome it and had all these tools to deal with it. And then I, even just seeing that, that someone was thinking the same thing I was, I felt so much better. And you know what? That is like the core of our podcast. Yeah. If one person can be like, oh, that's exactly how I felt or I went through the exact same thing, then that's like yeah, big tick. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we might leave it there for today's episode. But yeah. We'll definitely go into different subtopics of mental health. This isn't, you know, we'll, this isn't the last one we'll do. I think yeah. we'll definitely go into certain topics and find out what you guys want us to talk about more um, or what you want to hear more about. So I think that'll be good. Yeah. And thank you so much to all the people that voted. I think, I don't think we've ever had this amount of people vote before. So that was really exciting and we really, really appreciate it. We know that not everyone has time to vote or can't be bothered, but like we said recently, you guys are like our main source of information. So we're really, really appreciative and grateful that everyone voted we're happy you guys are getting more comfortable to vote and are trusting us with that as yeah well. definitely no it's really good all right well we'll leave it there um thank you everyone for listening and for taking part in the polls and we will look forward to hearing back from you all uh through instagram so yeah stay tuned for our next episode <laughs>